You are now listening to the Molten Fantasy Sports Podcast. Dare I say, wow, we, wow, we. Our producer, Nathan, has had an absolute blast putting that together. Mate, I've got goosebumps. I've got goosebumps. That was fantastic. Some iconic moments there. Welcome to the Molten Fantasy Sport Podcast. I am your host, Rob Kennedy, the super coach, Hawk. And I'm sitting here with my co-host, Mickey Dell. For everyone watching on YouTube, you've got a wonderful scarf on there, mate, just to rub a little bit of salt into me. Dare I ask, how are you, my friend? Oh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, need I remind everyone, firstly, to like, subscribe. You can still join our league on the bottom here, 237113. But do you know how long it's been since Essendon have been sitting at the top of the ladder, regardless of what round it is? How long? Have you actually done the numbers? Do you know the answer? Oh, to that? I, I haven't, but I feel like it's been a very long time. <laughs> the stat man hasn't come with the stat, but no. I guarantee it's been a while. But I think oh, it's been a while mate. since you probably played a terrible hawk side in round one. So don't get too oh. excited, mate. No, but it was just like it was good to see Tip and Woody back out there kicking goals. Um, I like what Chris Scott um, is trying to bring to the team with a defensive first approach. Um, it, it does look like a different team this year, and like. To be honest with you, I thought we'd probably fall in a bit of a hole without our main target up forward and right. But Wiedemann stood up. The kids stood up. But we'll get into that as the um, as the episode prevails. We absolutely will. To anyone that's joining us for the first time, welcome. You can hear the excitement in our voices. It has absolutely nothing to do with how our teams went this weekend, as in our actual super coach teams. Definitely has nothing to do with how our AFL teams went, even though I'm still rocking the brown here. The brown and gold are in full rebuild mode. Uh, but it has everything to do with footy is back and we're sitting here to give you the round one review, the round one wrap up, however you want to look at it. We're going to go through game by game, talk about who stood out, uh, talk about who didn't step up and talk about who we need to sort of look for as we start looking into that round two to either fix the scores that have been or to continue on your good and merry ways. So everybody that's been sending us information online, thank you. There's a lot of people out there who are writing to us, showing us their scores, and we love it. We love it, um, other than the fact that we have to tell them ours. Did we fall into the trap, Mickey, of overthinking our teams? Have we been talking too much footy and overthinking? What's your thoughts just really quickly on, on your team's performance this weekend? Yeah, I think we did. I think um, you dive into the numbers, you know, you you look at prior history, the way players have played. Uh, for me personally, like for some people, it's hard to, to uh, admit when you're wrong. But for me, there was a couple of players that I've picked that were on face value of this weekend. I probably could have went another direction and probably potentially got someone cheaper with a better output. Um, but that's okay. That's why we've got trades. So we'll, we'll talk about that as our, um, as our episode goes. But I guess right from the start, you and I are both uh, under the same understanding of the, and of the same opinion that even if your team did pretty ordinarily and you had Laird as your captain, you don't, you don't panic. You don't rush these things. So we'll get stuck into it. And, um, Absolutely. Absolutely. No panics here at all. No panics here at all. So, yeah, mate. Uh... Let's let's dive straight in. Let's dive straight in. We've got a lot to go through, so let's dive in with uh, Richmond and Carlton, who kicked it off for us way back on Thursday night. Dell, take us through the game. What stood out for you? The fact that never, ever in the history of our game there's been a draw in the first game of round one. How good. good start. 
How good? Yeah. yeah. Now, where do you sit with that? Do you like the draw? Do you want to see bonus point, extra point, extra time? Where does it Where does it sit for you? Um, if I'm talking from a player's perspective, um, and not that I played at the AFL level at all, but even in a local league, you know, if you've if you've run as much as you've run as an on baller or whatever, you've played your role, you've done your 13, 15 Ks that these players do, or even more for some players, and then you're told that you've got to run another five or 10 minutes or whatever, you'd be spent. And that's when injuries happen. So from that point of view, no, I'd be happy with the draw. It just adds to the suspense of the game. And if you know there's golden point and you're a team that's just holding on, what's stopping that team from flooding their defense and turning it into a boring game then? So um, I'm quite happy with the draw. It still means like Richmond were still trying to win the game. And so were Carlton. So um you're, from a fan's point of view, you always like to see a winner. But, man, what a game to start, you know. Like, it was pretty sloppy, but first game, everyone's keen for the footy. It started pretty ordinarily. Skills were sloppy. It picked up as the game went on. And then, yeah, a finish like that was pretty insane. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I find it interesting when the commentators say, oh, golden point, that would be thrilling. But what if you've got a five-goal breeze down one end? We know when they play in Tassie, the G, all those types of things, there can be a massive goal-kicking end for sure. I think it's too unfair to go golden point. And then like you just said, I think it's too unfair on the players to ask them to go another five minutes each way, which could ultimately end up in a in a draw as well. So I'm happy with the draw. But uh, yeah, what a ripping game. I, I must mm. admit, in my tipping competition at work, I was sitting right at the top because I forgot to tip on that different platform. And so therefore they actually give you the point regardless of the tip. And I got the margin correct because it was on zero. So things oh, were looking wow. for me to start off the weekend, but they all went down very quickly in super coach land. Not too mm. much. So a few of my players did quite well. Who did you see as players that stood out to you? Uh, Taranto, 103 points, 32 touches. Um, people are saying that he was sloppy. And yeah, he was, but he got the ball 32 times and, like, he looked pretty good with it. It was just his his um, disposal efficiency. So he cleans that up and he hits four or five more targets and that 103 turns into 123, 128. He missed a few goals that he'd normally kick. Again, that would turn 103 into 130. So I'm not too worried there. It's round one. You know, uh, Dusty, for those of you asking about Dusty, scored 83, playing majority forward. He looked good. He looked dangerous. But again... I don't see, think you'll see too many scores above that 83 for Dusty this year. Uh, for Richmond as well, Dan Rioli, he stood out for me. His run and carry from the back line, for anyone that watched, he he really did tear the game apart and, and open it up for the Richmond side. Um, and a good potential pod. I haven't seen what his percentage in ownership is, but if you're looking at an upgrade in your back line, I think you could definitely do worse than having Dan Rioli in your side. And then you've got Jacob Hoffer. So you and I were both of the opinion that he was a bit overrated and that he's probably not worth the um, the price tag with his role and what he's been like the last couple of years before our last episode and both of us didn't have him in our side. Uh, he looked pretty ordinary. He, he looked as though he was rushed with the ball. Again, it's round one, so I'm not sure whether we're going the early crow here or not, but, yeah, he just didn't use the ball well. What do you have it, like 18 times or whatever it was, a couple of clearances, didn't really hit too many targets, so yeah, that's that's still a stay away zone for me. 
Yeah, I think you and I both got it right. Took a chance on not going with the percentages on mm. that one. I was lucky enough. Should have gone with my gut and had Cripper as my VC. That definitely would have solved Sunday's or today's problem for me. We'll probably mm. post this on Monday, but we're recording on Sunday. Um, yeah, I had Crippers as a POD and he got me 121. And as we know, Doherty getting that 108 as well. Yeah, I'm with you. Dan Rioli looked good. You and I were chatting straight after that game and having a look at sort of where his other performances have been. We talked about his high ceiling, but also the amount of games he had under 65 last year as well That's was right. a little bit little bit confronting. Um, but he looked like – I know last year he moved a lot forward, a lot back. He looks like he might be the man to stay down back. And if he does, I think that's where he did get the majority of scores like that last year. Yeah. Uh, George, we'll Hewitt looked, George Hewitt looked good to start. George Hewitt yeah, looked did. good to he start did. the game. Right and and I know our friend uh, Damien Carroll was very big to say, do not sleep on George Hewitt. And at one point, yeah. I nearly put him in my side. I think I had him in there and, and did a move to Crippers. But uh, he looked good at the start. He did. He did. Uh, we'll throw out Adam Sard as well, 115. It could have been a lot more, but he sort of panicked a little bit at some crucial times as well. Um, I do want to bring up two other ones. Cowan. 38, got injured as the rookie. Not too sure if he's going to miss time or not. And a bit of a pod if you're looking to go this way. Tom DeConing, he was a lone ruckman for Carlton, scored 88. And, um, yeah, definitely held his own against Nankervis. Yeah, when I heard he was the lone ruck, I think he does show promise. Young, um, athletic, Mm. knows how to get that ball at the same time, knows how to get a hit out and take a mark. I think the question mark on a lot of people will be, you know, when and if – Pitnet comes back in. I don't think it's a That's certainty right. that it stays that way. So it's always a little mm-hmm. bit risky. But um, yeah, a lot to like. Um, it's kind of a weird one. I had a mate there at the game actually. Travelled from Perth to go and watch it as a Tigers man. I kind of said to him, it was a little bit of a, it was a little bit of a win draw for him in a way, considering they were behind and, and coming back and doing what yeah, they did. Sure. But promising game from two teams that uh, mm. looked like they could make the eight for sure. Yeah, for sure. So we move on. Uh, Geelong v Collingwood. For me, um, yeah, a couple of couple of pills I had to swallow in this one. Um, I was with you on Jordan Degoey. I did question it a little bit in your, you know, must stay away from us, but I understood why you put him there. Um, and look, it's a long season. It's a long season. This is one round. We know he has the potential to put up, you know, the score that he did, 130. Uh, Nick Dacos just doing what Nick Dacos does off the back line. Didn't have a tag on him. Um, people were unsure. And, and look, he played full defense. I didn't see him go into that midfield very much at all. His brother did. Um, just racked up the mark, seemed to be able to run wherever he wanted to and get the ball wherever he wanted. The old man himself, Scotty Pendlebury, just put up an absolute blinder as well with a 129. And uh, and Tom Mitchell sort of looked like he settled in there as well at the 109 that he got as well. From a Geelong standpoint, well, things went south very quickly when the injury came to Tom Stewart very early. Um, the Twitter... The Twitter sphere just went absolutely ballistic when the injury came. And so did the team a little bit. For a while there, they seemed to hold up. And it was actually looking like they were going to stay strong and and show their depth. But I think when we saw him go off, Parfit went into that midfield. Tanner Bruin Mm. went out into the wing, as we know, and hardly touched that ball in that second half. After looking very good, um, in my opinion, starting in that sort of center bounce type role, um, only ending with 58 um, yeah. Some players had uh, Asaba Radagalea came into people's sides. Again, he struggled early, but lifted as the game sort of went on. Uh, but there wasn't too much from a Geelong standpoint. I think there's more talking points with Collingwood and how their running gun style is looking like a type of team that's going to rack up a lot of points. 
Um, anyone else that stood out for you, Dell? Darcy Cameron, 103. Yeah. Yeah. But again, Geelong don't really have a Ruckman. Like Stanley was ordinary. Um, and did they have anyone when is he, else? When is he not? I think he's had like, yeah. when is he not ordinary? Yeah. Um, yeah, day cost 129, 35 touches. I don't know whether you've ever seen on the Fan Footy app, and shout out to the guys at Fan Footy, but you get the little seagull icon next to the name, like the sun when they're hot, the uh, the ice thing when it's cold, or the snowflake. This guy would have the seagull thing on for the whole game. So he was just running around the back of the pack, doing what he does. And we should have bought it, probably bought it up before round one, but Geelong just doesn't tag anybody. So Mate, I'm I'm so glad you say that. Like I feel yeah. like whenever you bring up Nick Dacos, you just get absolutely sprayed. It's like not being able to have an opinion on social media. That you just if you go against the trend, you just get absolutely sprayed. I was writing a couple of these messages and getting sprayed by our chat groups and different things as we go along. If it wasn't for him, now look, work rate, phenomenal. Knew how to go out there and get the ball and get the kicks. But late in quarters, he was getting the chip kicks off to the side. He was working that ball down the wing and just getting the chip kicks here and there. Had a bit of run and style. And the guy, can he knows how to dispose of it efficiently. And, and he's going to be an absolute gun. But yeah, he was just running and getting a lot of outside ball. Now... This is super coach. So if he can keep doing that and teams are going to allow to do it, go for it. Load up, get on him. But I still think people are going to look at that and go, we can tag this guy. We, mm-hmm. I'm still a – I don't know if I'm going to jump on him straight away until price week. I want to see what happens next week. Um, and if a team goes, look, we're, we're going to put someone on him. Yeah, I'm the same. I won't be trading him in straight away. I want to see what goes on. Who have they got next week? That would be interesting to see. I was actually thinking the exact same thing. I think they've got Port Adelaide in Port Adelaide. I could be wow, wrong. Yeah, they do. That'll be – no, at the G. Yeah. Was it at the G, game. is it? It is at the G. To Port Which Adelaide. Put, I mean, they've got, a, they've got a Ryan Burton um, yeah. who can play that sort of forward defensive role sometimes. They've got a Sam Pal Pepper um, that might mm-hmm. play a forward defensive role. Um, it would be interesting to see because the guy is a gun. You need to put someone on him. So I, I, don't, I want to be very clear. I'm not not rating this guy as a player. I just yep. get concerned on how he gets the footy compared to the likes of Dugowie and Pendlebury, to me, who were playing absolute ripper games. Absolute ripper games. Spot on. We move on. Yeah. Before we do move on. Yeah, go. You go, mate. I do want to bring up Braun's 58 that he scored. Or Bruins Oh, yes, 58. do it. Yeah, get into it. Yeah, please. So... For the people watching at home, Brune had 43 points and 13 touches at halftime and then only had four touches after halftime because Geelong put Brandon Parfit into the middle. So I watched this game pretty pretty keenly So and played Brune on what's called the fat side wing. So for the viewers that don't know what that means, it means the wing that Geelong or Collingwood aren't trying to attack through. So pretty much it's it's the... It's the defensive wing that if everything turns to shit, that's where everyone runs to. You don't get any space. And then, yeah, okay. Or when you're trying to switch the play and then get open, then it's out there. But because Collingwood had so much of the play and I was watching Steel Sidebottom work off him because he just knew Collingwood had the run of the play and that's why Steel Sidebottom got so much of it. I'm not concerned at the moment with him only scoring 15 points after half time, 
Parfit only had four t- five touches, sorry, five handballs, and that was before half time where he went into the middle. As an inside mid, that's that's bloody ordinary. So I, you saw that I wrote it in the chat um, immediately after the game. So when Brune was on the field, Geelong were plus 21, so they're up 21 points. When Parfit went into the midfield, they were down 45. So that's almost eight goal difference by taking someone who was the sub and Parfit, I'm going to single him out here, going into the midfield and then it's immediately a deficiency for Geelong. Collingwood just get clearance after clearance and without a dominant Ruckman, Stanley's not a dominant Ruckman, um, it was doomed to fail and as we saw, um, Collingwood ran over the top of him. So uh, it's a watch this space for, for him. I wouldn't trade him out yet. I'm happy to hold on to him. But it will be an interesting case uh, round two to see what happens and what they do with who they're going to bring in for Stuart, who is out for four to six weeks. With yeah, today. massive, massive for their team. I, mm-hmm. I think they've got to be definitely having a look at Segler over Stanley. Um, mm-hmm. The last final two stats that I did, I forgot, I totally forgot to bring them out for this point. There is, and I'm with you on the Tanner Bruin. I think I'm definitely going one more week and having a look at what happens. Yeah. Tanner Bruin's time spent on the bench, though, last night. First quarter, he was on the bench for nine minutes. Second quarter, he was on the bench for eight minutes, 42. Mm-hmm. Third quarter, he was on the bench for 22 minutes, 49, but Howe got injured, so there was obviously a big delay in that yeah. time, so maybe take it for a grain of salt. The last quarter, he was on the bench still for 11 minutes and 29 of the game. So it's very interesting that they're trying to – I need to see that. That's got to change, mm. and I've got to see CBAs back where they were sort of in that first That's half. Right. I think I even mentioned to you at one point, I was like, he's gone sleeping. And you said, yep. no, no, he's just not on his rotation yet. But some of those rotations were long times on the bench. But, mm-hmm. you know, just to give you a final word on Jordan Ngoi's numbers, he had 26 CBAs, team high. He had 25 disposals at 76% efficiency. Three goals at 8% ownership and 468K. Some big numbers. Some big numbers that he put up. Now, is he mid forward or just a mid? He's just mid at the moment. And, and, and look, if he's doing 26 CBAs at a team high, he's not changing. He's going to stay so mid. No. Nah. Nah. Anyways, good games, good things to talk about. And uh, guys, be aware, anyone who's listening along, we are going to do more of a – talk about trades we'll do a little bit just at the end of this one but we'll do a more specific pod on you know what are the moves this week we'd love for you to send in some questions we'll probably do it live so that you can ask live questions but make sure you hit us up on twitter facebook wherever you may be to ask those questions and we'll pop them into our next podcast on ins and outs uh north melbourne west coast (laughs) north melbourne hung on uh we've got a few friends who are north melbourne fans our our, our previous co-host the old kanga 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 justin was having a great time out at the uh is it the was it the president's club that he was in or the diamonds club he was out at something pretty special taking photos with uh with brent harvey and taking his son out for his first ever game but they um they came out of the blocks hard um Mm. and absolutely took it to west coast i'll let i'll let you analyze this one mate what did you see yeah, I, well, to start off with, I didn't see too much of it because I was, uh, I'll give a shout out to the Bucken Cricket Club, which is uh, back home in East Gippsland. They, uh, they won their, their uh, cricket premiership on the weekend. They hadn't, well, they won one, I think, eight years ago, but before that, it was quite a few years uh, since they'd won one. So to Chrissy Mathers, the captain of the Bucken Cricket Club, uh, Graham, the uh, coach of the Bucken Cricket Club, and all the boys down there, Ray, Phil, Congratulations. I said I'd give you a shout-out, so here it is. 
hopefully you guys are still on the piss and loving life. Absolutely. To be very clear, this is a uh, uncensored show. We are saying the word bucking with a B. Bucking. I've heard it's a bucking great place to play cricket. And I've really? heard that you've maybe been down there before and won a few awards, mate. Now, don't you come on, blow your horn. Got a few awards down at the Bucking Cricket Club. No, no, it's, you're only as good as your teammates. Made, made a couple of runs there in the past, but uh, they're just a ripping bunch of blokes. And it's, it's always so welcoming where, you know, I, I haven't been back to the club for five or six years, but walking down there or driving down there, it's about six hours from home, uh, pulling up and then just everyone getting around you, shaking your hand, having a beer with you. It was, it was a bloody good time. I love that, mate. I love that. I've got a lot of love for you. I won't throw you under the bus, but that is not what you said at the start of this podcast when we talked about the little shout out you're going to give. So I didn't quite pick up on those names, but I tell you what, those people at Bucking Cricket Club, he was telling me how good he was and how sore his shoulders are from carrying you guys. So, <laughs> <laughs> nah, it sounds like a ripper place. And what we were saying yeah. was to play cricket, to play cricket and have a full season, those type of things, you do have to play with great mates. It's the only Absolutely. way, in my opinion, to play cricket is to play with people you love playing with. So, yeah, fantastic. Well done to them. Congratulations. Mate, anyway, I'll take no. this one then because I watched this yep. game. I watched it. Okay. And, and North Melbourne came out of the blocks and they came out hard. The LDUs, Sheasel was just running right off the halfback. The second I saw him run down to that back line, I went, this is going to be a couple of hours of pain. Because he's one that I did a move. And I think you did something similar. I know he's in your team, but for me to get Cunnington in, he nearly had to he had to miss out for me. And the fear of him being listed in that forward pocket, albeit he'd probably still score a reasonable score. I knew he was going to do more if he went back. And he went back and he was he just showed all class with a massive 114. Um, LDU with a 143. Zeeble off the back line as well. We had a couple of mates shout out to us. We sort of said, you know, watch this space. But Zeeble just doing what Zeeble does down back with a 102. Um, they ran right at the start and just showed they just looked like a team that was going to go nuts. They had um, Cherry as a sole ruckman, Goldstein standing aside. But unfortunately, unfortunately Cherry doing his, his ankle. So it looks like that, that change will have to probably come soon. Is, is that a bad ankle? Yeah, it didn't look good. It looked oh, look. I haven't had a quick look at the injuries just yet, but it. I don't think it's broken. You could tell it wasn't broken because he was getting sort of tests. Um, but it, you know, bad ligaments. I've done my ligaments before and been out for a while. Sometimes didn't quite have ligaments that. are worse than a break. Yeah, they tell you to go and snap it. Sometimes it's a, it's yeah. a little bit better off. But um, yeah, poor guy. I mean, you've finally been told that you're probably going to get that opportunity to be that sole ruckman, and uh, and that happens. But we wish him all the best on his recovery. Um, yeah, Cunnington did not play the game that we thought we would, he would. He um, you know, didn't get in the middle as much as we thought until West Coast started to turn things around. When West Coast started turning things around, Clarko went straight to his senior players, one being Cunnington and him having to be that inside mid the way that we know. But I think for me, he's probably going to be one of my movers this week. I think it's too obvious that I have to make that move. Um, from a West Coast standpoint, like you said before, you know, the days are gone of having Nick Nananui in the ruck and their rucks just aren't up to it. And they've been given a bath over here in, in the West. Um, people okay. very much questioning how Bailey Williams continues to get a game. Um, typical West Coast supporters will come in and, and bat for their team, which is nice to see, but a lot of people spraying him. Look, Luke Shuey sort of did Luke Shuey things. Shannon Hearn got his 110 down in the background. Mitch McGovern took a few marks early on and, and got that 108. Barris and Gaff just doing what he does out on the wing. There wasn't too much to like. For me, it was that Ruben Jinby. He looked good. Uh, ended up with an 85. Just looks like a poised player. 
I think it's tough to go in and be an actual midfielder and pick up. I think we saw that with like a Will Ashcroft. It's easier sometimes to maybe go and run off the halfback um, to actually mm. go in that midfield and play that role straight away to get he had 85. Yeah, he's 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 a he's a solid sized boy actually. I yeah. was um yeah, I didn't quite know that about him, but he um he looked good. I think he's one that's going to spark the future. Um, Jack Darling and Oscar Allen. It's obviously going to take a little bit of time and. And lo and behold, the days of Tim uh, Tim Kelly for being, I think, third in a Brownlow one year just just doesn't look like the same player that he was. But um, yeah, other than that, I'm trying to think. Oh, go to go to was not too bad. Yeah, yeah, Chesser, mate. As again, he, he struggled to get his hands on the footy. Um, yeah, Noah Long took a little while to get going, but once he got going, I mean, as a forward, you're playing as a small forward, you need the you need the supply, you need the ball coming down there. And when it did, he's he's got a bit of pace, he's got a bit of go, and a little bit of nous around the goals as well. So, yeah, he was good. I liked what I liked what he did. I was worried at the start. Um, maybe Chess has just got to find his role a little bit more. They've got a lot of guys in that back line off that half back. Your your Tom Coles, your um, your Duggins, your you know, all those guys who, who know what they're doing back there. So he's sort of probably just got to find his place a little bit. But um, other I than that, I mean, yeah, go. Uh, Charlie Coombin, he's 123K priced Ford. I believe he was playing Ford with Larky. He scored 83. And yes. it looks as though, just looking at my stats here, he may have played a bit of Ruck as well. Well, Cherry went down. Right. So he, so he, he ended up, he, yeah, it was interesting. At first, at first they threw um, Hugh Greenwood started going into the ruck to get things sort of right. going first. I tell you what, though, he still looked reasonable as a forward. Um, Larky okay. played a great game, but he looked good in the forward, yeah. But I reckon he obviously would have got a lot more ruck time based on the fact that Cherry went down. So, right. yeah, for those numbers, he looks like a guy that's going to play footy for them, though. So, um yeah, big boy. Speaking of big boys, he's a he's a solid unit. So, yeah, but okay. um, I like what North Melbourne were doing. Clarko, a little bit of Clarko touch with that team and uh, LDU. I want to see him. Uh, I want to see him do that again. It, uh, we know he can. We've all talked about it. He's had some massive games last year as well. I want to see him do it against the good sides. Yeah, good. Maybe maybe lift a couple more of those seven elevens. Seven elevens. Yeah. Yeah. That's never um, going to leave the show, is it? <laughs> It shouldn't. It shouldn't. No. One of Justin's greatest quotes of all time. I loved it. It's fantastic. Yeah. And uh, oh, good segue. Good segue to uh, Port Adelaide versus Brisbane. Speaking of Justin, and oh. uh, what a, uh, do, to you was this one of the biggest upsets of the of the week? Yes. Yeah. It was yeah, massive. On, oh, probably on par. No, actually, it's more of an upset, I think, than um, St Kilda beating Frio. I think more of an upset in the way of how they won, how well they won. Definitely, how I easily Fremantle, they won. Yeah, I thought Fremantle was going to be my – if you had to pick one, that was sort of the one. But mm-hmm. the way in which they won my 54 points, that's – yeah, I did not see that coming. Uh, do we talk about the horn and how wrong we were? We have to. We have, Mate, we have yeah. to. He was great. And we, but we did, we did say this. We did mm. say when we talked about it that how much they're talking him up, how much he hasn't shown anything, and he didn't show anything in preseason at all. But we did talk about surely something might have to come. This guy was meant to be a change of generation player that everyone went nuts for, and 
maybe he has shown us why. It's as if he left this package just there until he went out and played this week. If the weekend's anything to go by, Jason Horn Francis, I, the big horse, am sorry. I love you. You love him. Oh, he looks so good. <laughs> mate, mate, he he finally oh, did what everybody said that's that he right. could do. Yep. I don't even think we saw glimpses of it at North nah. Melbourne. Oh, I think little bits and pieces, but like you, you hear the backstory as to what's happened at North Melbourne. Uh, how he didn't like his ice baths, you know. Obviously, did you see the guys of, at the ground? Yeah, I did. Yeah, holding up the <laughs> That's signs. So yeah. good. I love people like that. That's um, great. But then you get like you get your teammates offside when you're not doing the team things, and then you could tell that something wasn't right. And then he gets traded. He's back home. He's back where he wants to be. He went to where he wanted to be. He's had a good preseason. They're obviously pumping him up for a reason. We're going on last impressions when we're talking about him in the preseason. Um, I'll come out and say it now that he will probably come into my side this week when we talk about not panicking with trades. Um, both you and I are going pretty ordinarily at the moment, partly because of our captain choice, but a couple of other things. He's probably going to come in for Cunnington for me this week. Yep. No, I think he... It, well, I, I mean, I've got, to, I've got to make way. I've got to get Sheezel in. Sheezel has to come into my side. And uh, and this guy is probably the other one. I've got Kelly, and Kelly got concussed, so I've definitely got to move Kelly. Yeah. Um. So I might have to move Kelly and Cunnington and see what I can do there. Yeah. We'll talk about it a little bit after. I don't. I don't want to use the boost yet. I definitely see myself using the boost on price week change, but um, mm, we'll dive into that sure. a bit more. But yeah, this he yeah he definitely comes into consideration for me. Um, for sure, you can't play. You can't do a performance like that, and the way he did it, and not think to put him in. You're right. I want to speak about uh, Junior Rioli as well. Yeah, yeah, he really good. He talk really, talk really about good. The, You got the two turncoats sitting at the top there. Yeah, 126, 16, three goals, and against that's, Brisbane, uh, like it's like it's it's you're not. Yeah, we're talking that's... about Premiership contenders here. I want to tell you, or just put it out there to our viewers that that's not going to happen every week. So um, please don't think that if you trade Willie Rioli or Junior Rioli as he yeah, is no, now known as. No, 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 no. Yeah. We, um, he's not going to score 126 each week. So, Mate, we can't knock, our, we can't knock ourselves. We, 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 I like how we are taking ownerships for the things we got wrong. But you for talked sure. about Arazio Fantasia. Stay away from him. Even in a 54 pumping, you know, 33 points. Good call. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we talked about people are sleeping a little bit on Ivy Wines. You probably brought out some really good points on, on maybe why just to just to not touch him just yet. So again, he only he only put up a seventy three, but still um, on twenty one touches. Yeah, he's he's look, he's still that one that I still think people are sleeping on. But it's that um, efficiency. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Rosie. Everyone had Rosie. Rosie put up a decent game. Um, 97, you're not going to argue with that. Sometimes when you're having a bit of a win, they didn't need him to go in the middle um, that's right. as much. So that's always a bit of an interesting one to watch as well. But um, Connor McKenna, 93. And he had big raps from his coach as well. Thoughts? Right. Yeah. I didn't see the game. I'm only going by just looking at um, the super coach scores for this one. Uh, Dunkley, 108. Neil, 95. That's both, both below par for them. Yep. Uh, Ashcroft 55, that's 
well below what you and I both thought that he'd he took a long out. way to get going, though. He took a long time to get going, so yeah. I'm okay with Did that. Did you see much of Wilmot? Yeah, no. I, I, again, I didn't get to watch this one as much, um, so it's a bit of okay. a bummer. We both kind of we kind of missed this one. So apologies to our our viewers. I might even try and get the the replay because I want to see how this this truly happened. Um, yep. I might I might give a shout out to Ko. I might have to get on the minis as well and watch a bit of the minis to to get a few of these through. But this is one game that I actually might watch from start to finish as a replay just to to really see what's going on with the structures there um, before I make any moves in regards to these players. Like I've said before, I, I don't like bringing in people that I didn't watch play. Um, but, yeah, big raps. I think yeah, Coach came out and gave big raps to McKenna in the way that he played. So we always said it was going to be interesting to see who were going to be the runners. I mean, they've got McKenna, they've got Coleman, they've got Wilmont. So... Look, I think you have to give the young guys a little bit of time to find their feet. 51's not horrendous. Will Ashcroft, 55. Give them time. Um, look, you're not going to move them. You know they're rookies who are going to play and get your cash, so I don't think it's too much of a panic and, and don't have to read into it too much. But yeah. maybe give McKenna another week if you don't have him and once you see that break even sit where it is and you know the cash is going to come, well, he's someone that you bring in for sure. Yep. Nah, yeah, I don't have much else to add to that. So... Let's move on to the game that I did see a little bit of. Well, I'd love to give a shout-out first, actually. To anyone who's watching us on YouTube, we can see up in our top top of the corners there. We're lucky enough to have a couple of sponsors, um, one of them being the Standard Squeeze, who I'd love to give a shout-out. It's very exciting news to have, you know, Modern Fantasy Sport Podcast proudly sponsored by the Standard Squeeze. If you haven't heard of the Standard Squeeze yet, you soon will because this thing is going gangbusters and it's going to be an absolute game-changer. So make sure. So, you know... If you want to have that perfect pour, this is a product for you, okay? So make sure that, you know, if you're not driving one night, if you're not driving, we definitely want to, want to condone. No drinking, no driving at all. You know, the mini squeeze is just an absolute beautiful thing. It's made. It's not made of glass. It's not going to break. It's food-grade quality plastic. And we're massive on wraps for these guys getting behind us. We want to thank them so much. So make sure you go on, have a squeeze at thestandardsqueeze.com and use the code MOLTON15 to get yourself 15% off of the checkout at that again, the standardsqueeze.com and make sure you use our, our code MOLTON15 to get 15% off at the checkout. That's it. How are we, we still, we got a prize pack again soon. Where, where are we at with our prize pack? Yeah, yeah. We're going, you and I will be looking through this tomorrow and we'll announce a winner on Tuesday, I believe. That'll be our first I'm, one for the year. I'm stoked. I'm really actually really excited to use this product. <clears> I'm at that point where I'm just like, I just really like, I like counting not counting. I just like knowing that I'm getting that standard pour. And supposedly, mm-hmm. like, I'm excited to see it. You just, it gives you that perfect pour every time. Every I definitely time. not give the bottle over to my mates because some of their pours are just horrendous. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's been an absolute game chart. I think I even saw like Brendan Favola doing a bit of raps for it as you're well, right. which is really cool you're to right. see. You're right, he does. So, yep. Yeah, massive thank you to the Standard Squeeze and can't wait to uh, to try the product and I encourage everybody to get on and, and use it. Support those who support us here at the Molten Fantasy Sport Podcast. And just while we're talking about our sponsors, I'll give a quick shout-out to our other one there, Snap Fitness, Bendigo and Epsom. I went and did a Pilates class last Thursday with both oh, Mark and Emma. Oh, you did too. Holy shit. My legs were so <laughs> sore and my core, I've never experienced anything like it. And, look, I'm not the most athletic bloke in the world, but, my God, the other people in the class made me look silly. But I'll be back. I enjoyed it. I'm sore, but I enjoyed it. And, uh yeah, it's a good time. So head on in, book yourself in for a class. They're fantastic. Emma's a great teacher. 
Mark and I were the only uh, males in there, but they're strongly encouraging more males to attend. So, yeah, if you are, you want to give it a crack, just uh, get the ego out of the way, go in, give it a crack. You'll enjoy it. Absolutely. That's what you want, though. You want to work out. So, yeah, massive thank you to the Standard Squeeze and Snap Fitness in Epson and Bendigo. Huge, yeah. huge to allow us to do what we do. So, thank you. That's right. So, Melbourne, Bulldogs, again, another game that I thought was going to be a bit more cracking than it was. Again, entertaining, similar to when they played back in the grand final, but a huge mm. discrepancy in the scoreline. So, I'll throw mm. this one to you. All I want to say is Cozzy Pickett played the type of game that he got his money's worth because he's going to be sitting out for a little while. So, he's played three games in one, I think. That was his. That was the inner Byron Pickett coming out with that bump, wasn't it? That was nuts. And just I saw Bailey Smith's head fling back, and I'm like, oh, that's three or four weeks right there. And that's even with him getting up. So we'll, we'll wait and see. With they've that only with given the, him two. Um, they've only given him two. Two? They gave him two, and I think they've given Buddy one. Whew. I was surprised. Where are we? Again, okay. I think it's because it, – That's good I, because I it's like time like that you want to see play footy. Yeah, but I don't want to see a guy launch off the ground, borderline get horizontal and spear his head into another guy's head. There's a class action going on for concussion at the moment mm. and you're seeing dudes do that and they only get two weeks. Like, come on. Maybe it'll cost him come contract time later this year. Uh, he, I think he's looking all right. He'll be all right. He's, he's, <laughs> he's calls like that, mate. I think he's the cha-ching's coming in, mate. Absolutely. But I did watch this game. Gorn, for me, is still clear number one ruckman in the competition. So good. He was, He's so he good. Was, he was phenomenal. Grundy is the clear number two. 140 points. Grundy, 69. Oliver, 113. There are a couple other hundreds in there. I do want to bring up someone that we didn't um, talk about. Uh, is it Kay Chandler up forward? Mm. Yeah. Coming, oh, from I'm, K coming to nowhere. 93. Uh, used as a sub a little bit last year. He looked really good. Him and another young fellow, McVie, I think you brought him up um, late last week. He only scored 50, but I think he had something like 16 touches and actually looked pretty good. So um, yeah. as a rookie downgrade for me, especially come price time, they're two that are now very much on my um, on my radar. I wouldn't. I Tread carefully. I, I, I thought about doing the old bringing them in. Chandler's one, but I think Chandler, I'm not sure what Chandler's price was. I think he's in a, a different echelon because he has played a couple. Is he still rookie 123. price? 123. Uh, so, he, he, so he's one I would look at. But McVee yeah. and Lowry, just remember, Melbourne have acquired a few players to come back. Where they, I think they just yeah. absolutely take their spot straight away. Mm. So as good as they were, I think Chandler was good enough to get in game, especially with Cozzy Pickett mm. now missing a couple. But the McVie and Lowry, I think, uh, or Laurie, um, yeah, I think they make way for, you know, the Vineys and the Salems and that who are straight back in this week. Yeah, okay. Uh, and then for the Western Bulldogs, Timmy English, he's pretty much the only one that held his own for them. Now you've got your, your Libba 118, your Bond 107, McRae 106. Uh, there's a couple that I do want to bring up and highlight. Bailey Dale. Only 56. He is in my side. I don't think he scored that low for a very long time. I'll have to dig through the stats to see, but I'm not worried about him. He'll bounce back. He'll get me 100 next week. Very, very confident in that. Uh, Toby McLean, 21. So very ordinary. Uh, You and I both did not have him. Am I right in saying that you didn't have him? Correct. Did not. Yep. And Jones, Liam Jones. Uh, I didn't actually see him get hurt. 
I've what actually just saw I've just saw a report come out that he's a chance to still play next week as scans okay, there you go. So he's okay. a chance to come back. Does make me think he's a little bit of a tissue, but you know, you gotta be careful yeah. of that. But I still I still just don't think he's putting up the numbers. You know, people taking too much of the chance at, at D three. I mean, don't forget Yo's coming back. I mean, Yo's maybe that just it was just a minor setback. So Yo's even one of those ones. If you look at a at the same time, though, you wait. You got he's got to play two games before you get the price change. So he's another one at week four before the price change. Do you possibly bring him in if he comes in? But yeah. if anything to go from, remember when Dwayne um, Delminico came on to 2019, he actually jumped on people a little bit earlier before others did. So maybe that could be a bit of a yo call for some people this week. But mate, the second I chose Bailey Dale over Nick Dacos and saw the game that Nick Dacos had on uh, Friday. I knew 100% Bailey Dale was going to have a stinker for some reason, and that's exactly what happened. But that's yeah. okay. We'll, we'll, we'll see what I do there. It's going to take every ounce of me to keep him in the side this week, but I'll see how I go. You, um, I don't think you'll see the Western Bulldogs get beaten like that again this year. Nah. You and I talked about the um, – one one person is interesting on there as well, though. You and I talked about when we did our uh, the one the episode most people are sleeping on, and I talked to you before. I was only allowed to do ten, or we, I think we even did like five each or something. But yep. um, Trelaw was at zero percent. He was, and Trelaw finished with one hundred thirty-two. Yeah. So I think when it comes down to Trelaw, he's similar to like a Warple. He's a fantasy player, mm. and a lot of players, a lot of uh, watchers and subscribers, of viewers and supporters who have come back, excuse me, who have come back and spoken to us have said. Oh wow! Like Constable, and we'll get there in a second. Great fantasy score, terrible super coach. So people starting to learn the difference between the two. Trelaw normally gets a massive fantasy score, but doesn't quite normally get the super coach score. But he put up a massive number this week. Yeah, he did. But um, yeah, I don't think there were any huge surprises. Angus Brasher only got me in an eighty-nine. It's not the worst, but I kind of wanted to see him score more, especially with Viney not playing. I had yeah, Baker I think given, my, yeah. given that that was a blowout, that's why he didn't score towards the end. True, true, true. Interesting that Lockie Hunter and Ed Langdon both really down low, 53 and 49. So it might be interesting having those two attacking-like wingers who play a true wing role, but um, both not scoring too much. But, yeah, I think they're teams that we know are going to score high as we move on. Really happy to have Liberatorium, my squad, and take a take a 118. I was happy with the role that he played, so it gives me a little bit of, little bit of confidence there with him and Crippers as my two sort of PODs. Yeah, Have to look at some positives, mate. Have to look at you some do. positives. There wasn't here. many. <laughs> we we move on. Uh, Gold Coast v Sydney. And uh, did you watch this one, mate? I watched little bits and pieces of it. Mm. I uh, watched the start and then after Sydney blew them out in the first quarter, it wasn't much of a game. Yeah. So, so you yeah. go. Oh, no real surprises with scores. Rampy's the, the only... Surprise for me at 150, but again, he mm. might follow that up with a 40 next week. So not really that worried there. Golden 115, yeah, good game, but Sydney had a shit ton of the ball this game. Warner 114, Mills. Three S-bombs for you in this episode, just quite. Yeah, I've dropped a couple, haven't I? Just passionate <laughs> about giving the best for our viewers. It's because you got um, your bonus scarf on, mate. Do, do you re- Yeah, go to the dance. <laughs> Have I mentioned that they're sitting on top of the ladder? Anyway, oh. we'll get back to it. Um <laughs> Did, do you remember mentioning in our stay away from Isaac Heaney? Yeah. Yeah, we did. Yeah. He kicked a lot of goals last year. Yeah. He scored yeah. 71 today. Yep. Uh, and that's in a flogging. 
So mm. for me, that that sort of highlights how inconsistent he can be, even when his team's got the ball. Um, yeah, very one-sided. Sydney kicked the first five goals and then just kept that margin the whole game. And it wasn't yep. really much of a game after they got that break. Uh, on the other side, Wits 140. Uh, you and I spoke about this to be expected, given that Sydney don't have a ruckman. Matty Rao, good to see him back into some form too, back in the midfield, playing good minutes after injury mm. interrupted first couple of seasons, 119. Took Miller, 113. He's only going to get better, but I still anticipate his price may decrease a little bit, which is when I'll jump on him. Uh, Flanders, he was on 30s going into the last quarter. Um, yeah, he got a lot of his points in junk time towards the end of the game. So uh, for those that have him, I would be a little bit concerned. Stupid, sexy Flanders. Stupid, sexy Flanders, yeah. Very appealing, but yeah. I ended up not having him, didn't we? I didn't. Yeah, don't have him, no. Yeah, no, I left him out too. I, I, was, yeah, I mean, look, it's not a horrendous score, but when you no. took that like it's, on that. Yeah, he's still going to make money, but yeah, you've got other rookies, as we'll get into yeah. later on. I want where, points. I need points yeah. now. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Constable, I do want to bring him up. Yeah, do um, it. Because people are going to look at his score and go, 56, that's pretty ordinary. But 23 kicks, three handballs, and that was only for 56. To yeah. me, I'm on the glass half full here because Gold Coast are looking to go through him and Ben Long for their rebounds from 50. This would have been his first AFL game playing as a rebounding defender. So, yeah, he had a crack at it during the preseason and did it not too bad, but it's a whole other ball game when it comes to the actual in-season games. The fact that he's got this under his belt now, the fact that we know he's going to get 23 kicks and three handballs or get a lot of the pill, take some kickouts, all that sort of jazz, that actually excites me to think it takes just a little bit of disposal efficiency to turn that 56 into an 86 or a 96 or even bigger. Like you look at... Rioli, he had 16 touches, three goals for 126. So all he needs to do is clean up his disposal a little bit, get his scores, you know, rebounding from 50, those kickouts, hitting targets, and you'll see that score dramatically improve. Yeah, I, t- I totally agree. Couldn't couldn't agree more. I think the big standouts for me there, it, there was some good value in Jake Lloyd did well, Callum Mills scored well, uh, Chad yeah. Warner was one that people took a bit of a chance on it at 114. But yeah, yeah, you're spot on with Constable. He he's a hold. He's he's gonna he could actually explode. The commentators were big raps on the way that he played, so I can see that score turning around pretty quickly. So, 100%. how you feeling about that bolter bet we made back in the day, mate? Don't think about I've just making finals. Yeah, um, Sydney are a very good team. They are. So, yeah, we'll still stick with it. Yep. Okay. Okay. Ben King only 19. I think that's one to point out as well. A few people took the sort of. 200k yeah. on him, but yeah, yeah that was key, key forward, uh, coming back from an ACL, it's good to see him back on the park, but he's just not going to be a point scorer. Now, I think this is the second most hated game I want to talk about next before the next one, which is our most hated after this one. Um, but we'll talk about GWS and Adelaide. A lot of people taking the Rory Laird approach, and um, I've got a fun stat. I've got a fun stat, it's not my stat. Um, but it was sent through. I think is that I the one from Tim Mitchell? Is it from Tim Mitchell? Yeah, t- yeah, yep. from Tim. Do you want you say it? You, it's yeah. You go. 
you've got no, it. No, 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 you're right. You go with it, mate. Oh. I don't have it here in front of me. Oh, anyways, I knew this was going to happen. I didn't have it right ready to go. Well, from memory anyway. Been... It's his it lowest, was... yeah. Yeah, Laird has not scored I got under it. 50. I got it. Here it is. It is from, it is from Tim Mitchell. At, at Tim underscore Mitchell, we at, on uh, this guy actually puts out really great content as well. I yeah, like him good. a lot on Twitter. He's yeah. very good. Rory Laird's first game under 50 for Supercoach since round 22, 2014. He was a sub that day and scored nine. So he was the sub. So he hasn't scored par under, one, uh, par under 50. I did write on his, on his tweet. I apologize. It's my fault. I put him in my team this year and gave him captaincy. So hashtag Murphy's Law. But um, yeah, uh, yeah, mate, I watched this game and he was there and thereabouts. I don't think he had a solid tag on him. They definitely put a little bit of time into him at like bounce down, like bounce ups or throw ups or ball ups at different points. So yep. around at different clearances, they certainly had a hand on him. But different players were going through him at different times. It just, um, yeah, it just wasn't his day. It's just a really interesting game. It, I tell you what, I was painful, painful to watch. Yeah, it was. Uh, did you see any of the game, mate? I watched pretty much this whole game. So for me, mate, Adelaide flew out of the books. It um, and you could see um, what's the new uh, Adam Kingsley? I nearly said Adam Simpson. Adam Kingsley, the new coach, was just pulling his hair out at the start. You could tell he was just like, "This isn't the way we're meant to be playing. This isn't the structure." And Adelaide looked very good. You know, with Rankin in that side now and Rochelle both up forward. Rochelle ending up with 116, which is a really great score. Um, Rory O'Brien obviously looked good in the ruck with 102. Um, yeah, they just had a bit of bit of firepower up forward. Rankin only ended up with a 61, but as a, an actual game, he, he played really well. Uh, I think he had something like eight disposals and seven of them were like score involvements to start the first half yeah, or something right. like that, which was, which was great to watch. Um, yeah, and things weren't just things just weren't firing for the orange team. Um, Kelly, for those that have Kelly, I'm one of them now. He got concussed again, similar to Constable. He got his hands on the pill a lot to start that first quarter and even into the second. But in the first quarter, especially, he was kicking them inside 50s, and that the forwards just couldn't bring the ball to ground, they were just getting outmarked. So, obviously, from a disposal efficiency standpoint, from a super coach perspective, he's just getting intercept marked every single time he was kicking the ball. So, I was actually feeling really good about it, even if he was to finish with an 80 or 90. I was like, I'm okay with that, but he got concussed, so he's out next week, as is Lockie Whitfield. Lockie Whitfield going out sort of early or halfway through that third quarter, hit a terrible first half, but actually started the third quarter reasonably well, which was all about turning the tide for the orange tsunami to finish the way that they did um, and get up over Adelaide. So Stephen Canelio, uh, I did tell people to watch out. You and, did? Yeah. yeah. 143. And he was just inside in that midfield all day, um, looked phenomenal. But I tell you who probably looked better. And it's interesting. I, I didn't know Iggy actually finished with as big a score, but uh, Tom Green, Tom Green, I'm fuming he's not in my team. I think he's been in since day one, and I think he came out the last day before I solidified on this team due to a couple of changes that I'd made. Um, I'm trying to tell myself why. I think I saw I took the chance on Kelly and then didn't want two of the orange team sitting in my midfield. I really tried to spread it. It was no different to me not having Bont because I took a chance on Liberatore. Um, yeah. yeah, he looks he looks very good. 
Um, so he he was very solid. Toby Green's the kind of player you don't want up in up in the forward. He's one hundred and four, but he's very up and down, um, very up and down kind of player. Yeah. Uh, Callum Ward just keeps doing Callum Ward things with one hundred and twenty-four. So, you know, I think just to talk about some other players that people might have had really quickly. Isaac Cumming with an eighty-one was solid. Um, lucky you and I didn't take the chance on on Ash. Oh, or Ash. Um, he only got a fifty-five, but um, who? Did do well was uh, where is he? Finn Callahan. Yeah, yeah, Finn Callahan got the one hundred and one. He looked very good out on the wing. I think it's a really good talking point how he talked about for Geelong. He was very much on their attacking wing. Um, mm-hmm. But I tell you what, when he has ball in hand, it took me a little while at the start. I was watching the game. I was like, "Who is this? Guy? Who is this? this is, I just couldn't quite get my head around it. I was, I was sort of with my son, so I wasn't listening. I had the the volume off. And then when I turned it on, I realized it was Finn Callahan. He he looks good with ball in hand. So, good. yeah, it's a tough one there. I'm intrigued to see what he does next week. And Himmelberg, Himmelberg sorry, played forward. Well, he's won himself mark of the year in round one. He took an absolute screamer out on the wing. I think in the – I want to say the first quarter as well. It was an absolute ripper. Um, but, yeah, he's playing forward. He's playing forward. So he ended up with 52 – but, um, yeah, so like you said, steer clear. He's clearly playing forward. From an Adelaide perspective, as I said, Richelli 116. I don't know how much you look into that. He's kind of like the Nick Martin type a little bit, I think, Richelli. He's sort of, yeah, yeah going to be a player of the future, player to watch. Ben Key's 102, but he was up forward a lot. So watch for round six. He could be a DPP possibility. Um, and when that happens, Rory O'Brien 102, but sort of rucking against... Um, Flynn, so they're not, not too much to ruck against. And then Jordan Dawson with a solid uh, 97 mm-hmm. um, took all the kickouts. So he's sort of that player there. The only other one is that Pedler. Pedler looked all right, actually, for the, the rookie. He? I think he's a higher-priced rookie, but he uh-huh. um, he looked good and somebody who thinks going to hold his spot. Um, just yeah. trying to think whoever. There's a few in this game, but the other one to maybe mention is Nick Haynes. Didn't do anything in the – didn't really look to do anything in the first half. And I think he was actually playing on Rankin to start with too. So he's playing a little bit more lock rather than he sort of float across and, and take the marks. But I think he got his hands on it a bit more in the second half, if I'm correct. Okay. Yeah. So a lot to take from that game. If people didn't watch it, I'd actually, I'd actually advise you to go and have a look at it too because there's a lot to take from the scores out of this game and, and some very different players to watch too. I do want to give a shout-out to Angus Proudfoot. Uh, he sent a message saying, hey, has anyone already used three trades already? This was at quarter past <laughs> nine after it was opened at nine o'clock. So to Angus, you're probably the first person to boost your trades in Australia, mate. So congratulations. I love that. That's, that's, yeah. that's good. Well, somebody's got to give us the stats on who are the most traded out and most traded in. I mean, somebody's you know got to do I've them, got that so. already too. I'm very so big on, yeah. for the 1,311 people who are already trading out Rory Laird, <laughs> don't be stupid. Uh, I can see why people are trading out Tanner Brune now. Uh, yep. 1,234 have. Uh, Campbell Chesser is being traded out. Don't know why you'd do that after one game as a rookie, especially with a DBB, but anyway. Uh, Cunnington as well, he's being traded out. 569 people have traded him out already. And Fergus Green also. So kicked a ripping first. Kicked a ripping first goal, but 
Yeah, I disagreed with everybody. I've got to stop actually just listening to the votes just because the votes say one thing. I've, I've, I've got to remember I still have the ability to make my own decisions. So when Asava Radaglia got like a, a 56 or something like that, I put a vote out on Twitter of will Fergus score more than that? And it came back pretty strong with a yes. I actually didn't think he was going to. So I was nearly going to do a bit of a loophole to just take Asava's score. And I think Green only ended up with, with 34, but we'll move to that game in a second. I'd love if we're going to give shout outs. I'd love to give a shout out to this bloke. He's he's a he's a seems like a ripping guy um, at Feel Unfiltered. Um, we talk a lot on Twitter. He's he's had a chat with you and I a little bit. Yeah, it's good to see that I actually sort of semi helped someone with their team because, like I said to him, I said clearly I should have just gone with my gut, which is not overthought things because that's what he's done with his team. It's a really well balanced team. He scored a twenty one sixty nine. I think it put him ranked seventeen fifty five. Wow, and that's uh, awesome. yeah, and. And I'm, and he's already he's already starting to look at it. He, he's he's one of the ones who is starting to ask us, mate, whether um, is he stupid enough to go Laird and Flanders out for Cripps and Horn Francis to be his ins? Wow. I mean, I said I said watch this space. When I look at his team, he's kind of got most teams. He's got the he's got the right players in there. It, it actually pains me to look at the team because it's something very similar to what I built at the start, and I would take a rank of seventeen fifty five right now every day of the week so mm-hmm. yeah good on him and uh just hold wait till our next podcast we'll do a bit more research research yeah, but that being said maybe you should listen to our podcast and do the complete opposite to what i say well maybe me i reckon mick still mick still going pretty strong listen to our stats and we'll go from there <laughs> listen to our stats and then make your own decision yeah that's until right until we get our ranking up a little bit higher yeah. and then maybe we'll uh we'll walk around with a little bit of a that's, head bobble that's but- right at least we're honest, mate. I'll give you that. Yep. We've got two games um, to go. Two games to go. Um, and I'm sure this is the one that you want to talk about. The Bombers v. the Hawks. The Bombers coming out. Wasn't a 10-goal win. It was 59 points. Yeah, 10 goals. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think that – like, I, I was in the car, as you're aware, travelling back from, um, from Lake's entrance today. And um, I listened to the whole game on the radio – and uh, was Nathan Brown and Luke Darcy and that. They were just pumping the way Essendon were playing there. The way that they were uh, structuring up defensively and then their run and carry and their ability to create forward of the ball. They spoke highly of Archie Perkins. They spoke highly of Setterfield. Um, they gave big raps to Wiedemann. Even though he might not have gotten a lot of the ball, he was busting packs and he's actually a like-for-like like almost, as Peter Wright was doing, which makes me happy because he's just a discard from another club like Peter Wright was and now coming in and playing quite an important role with the Essendon Footy Club now. Um, but from a scores point of view, um, Ridley, 107, Red Dog, 118, Mason Redmond, that is, for those of you that don't know, Parrish, 109 and had, what, 37 touches, was it? Like he had a lot of the ball. Uh, Setterville, 100? Uh, 99. 99. Uh, I think they docked him. And yeah, from what I heard on the radio, and then I checked their scores, and it's about par. Uh, Alwyn Davey and Jai Menzi, they both did well as rookie priced options at 68 and 58. Yeah, all I'm going to say is be very careful. I think when everybody, you've got to watch games. You've got to yeah. watch games. This Hawthorne side is such a weak side. 
they're they're so young. They are doing mm-hmm. they are doing the true rebuild, and that's not to take anything away from the excitement of what Essendon did and the players that you mentioned played fantastic. So it's 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 definitely not that. It's also not an excuse game. I, I'm I've been strong on. I'm actually one of those people that's like I love that they just decided to do the massive rebuild. So, who do you think's Hawthorne's oldest midfielder this year? It'd be Warple, wouldn't it? Yeah, twenty-four years old. Mm. Who's the second oldest midfielder? Will Day. Yep, Will Day and, and John Newcomb at twenty-one. They go. 24, 21, 21, 20, 19, and 19 in Warple, Newcomb, Day, McDonald, Ward, and McKenzie. That's full Jeez, rebuild McKenzie mode. McKenzie sounded like he was doing really well mate, as well. McKenzie, this is just full rebuild mode. Like people talk about if you want to win premierships, you've got to play 50 games together as a team and all those types of things. You've got to draft well. Uh, that's full rebuild mode. Yeah. yeah, build chemistry. So look, there were things I can take out of this Hawthorne side and go, I, I, I kind of love when you know your team's no good and they're rebuilding because you can just watch them and, and start to get around the young guys and those sort of things. But, mate, Ward looked good. Warple looked back to his ways, found the ball and didn't butcher it as much, which was nice to see. But he's a, he's a gun in there. Um, McKenzie looked really good, really poised um, and, and played well. Eamon slotted in well on that wing, but again, in a weaker side, he's not going to put the numbers up that he did at Port Adelaide. Um, yeah, so Will Day only got a 60, but I still I still really like Will Day. I think he's a quality yeah. footballer. He's, he's got a lot of skill about him, but they just they just don't have the cattle. They just don't have the cattle. Um, McGuinness put the tag on on Merritt from the start and, and had him for a while there. And then Merritt got a little bit away as the game got away from Hawthorne, ended up with a 92. So look at that 92, but he had a full lock on him. And, and McGuinness is a, is a decent lock as well. Um, but yeah, like we said, Sicily 111. Sicily's going to do Sicily things. The ball goes down that back line. Blake Hardwick, I think, is one of the most underrated players in the AFL. Got a 102. So... Look, I don't think you're going to get too much from the Hawks players this year, but um, if you don't have McKenzie, I don't know why. He's worth every bit of that 183000 I think he is. So yeah, get okay. on him. He's going to get plenty of midfield time. But from an Essendon point of view, mate, I, I watched it. Redmond looked really good. I really liked Redmond a lot in his game. Ridley too. But the Hawks were playing sort of a really interesting they, – they really pushed back behind the ball. So they kind of let – Essendon switch from side to side across the back line with no real pressure. So that's where Ridley and Redmond, Redmond sort of got it a bit more up the ground, but Ridley was getting those those kind of ball. Um, and as we've seen, we, we looked into Ridley a lot. So will he get those marks and kicks and efficiencies the way that he did in this game in others? I don't know. But um, look, again, if you, if you don't have him, I don't think you have to rush to get him. If you do have him, you'd feel pretty good about that to start with. So, But yeah, mate, you mentioned Wiedemann. He looked good. And I've always been big raps for him. It was just a tough side to get into. So yeah. I wish him all the best. And he's going to get some good opportunity. Yeah, good. Um, we move. Oh, you got yeah, to I do want to bring up yeah, one go. player. If anyone has ever thought about Sam Frost, is it his name? Your backman? Don't just delete your side. I, I was listening to some uh, footage or some um, radio edits of – him trying to torpedo a kick out of the back line and turning it over and trying to pierce kicks through the back line and turning it over that resulted in goals. I don't know what he scored, but 
whenever I heard that he had the ball, I started to smile knowing that something was going to happen for us. I feel so bad for this player. He's the kind of guy that you want in your team in a way, and just hear me out. Yeah. He gives everything. He just can't kick. No. He just like he's just yeah. If all you had to do, if all you had to do, like if you went back to olden day football, he would be an absolute weapon. He's got speed. He doesn't lose many marking contests. He brings ball to ground and he runs and he carries. But back in the day, we could just bomb it out to a 50-50 and off you go. But just yeah, gets himself in trouble now. But God bless yeah. him. The guy bloody puts in. But yeah, yeah, I heard, um, yeah. Steve, Stevie yeah. Johnson on the radio. Um, made a good call about him. So when you go golfing, you've got your good clubs and your bad clubs. This frost bloke needs to take a driver, a pitching wedge, a five iron and a putter, and that's all he needs to stick with. When he gets 100%. the ball, just handball it to someone else. No, you're spot and when on. you need to stop the ball, just stop it. Uh, we've all coached players like that. You're spot on. You're spot, yeah. you're spot on. Yeah. Yeah. No, look. I'm not going to say anymore. I, I love anyway, Frosty. We'll Frosty, on. if you're listening, you're a good lad. But yes, no one's picking you for super coach. No, absolutely not. Last game, big upset. Big upset with the uh, the injuries that St Kilda had going to this game, and and what everybody sort of expected from Fremantle this year. Uh, Ross, the boss, had his fingers all over this one with the defensive structures that mm-hmm. they had set up. They actually reckon it was very well written to play against Fremantle as well. Was what I was hearing a lot from the commentary. Um, did you happen to get this one, or was this still? Were you still on your drive, or no? Where I were watched you at? the last uh, quarter and a half of it. Yep, and you're spot on. Like they structured up so well behind the ball, mm. um, to a point where you know the Fremantle, the the top three Fremantle defenders were easily the highest scoring players on the ground. But because of what you were saying earlier with Hawthorne playing that filtering type of role. So they were pushing back up the ground, allowing these guys just to chip, kick a mark and that sort of between themselves. So with, I do want to bring up um, Luke Ryan, 37 touches, what was it 171 points? Uh, that's, that's huge. Uh, and he has the ability to do that. Uh, Hayden Young, 137. He was brought up as a, a potential pod in an earlier podcast that we had. He had 30 touches. Brennan Cox, how many times has 20 marks been taken in the game? Yeah. He's been he's had a really big preseason, but obviously just the structure allowed them to do it. Sort of similar to what mm. I was saying for Hawthorne. Hawthorne allowed Essendon to just switch across, switch across, but they were trying to yeah. get behind the ball. So he's been good. I mean, it's no doubt. Look, Ryan, Cox, and Young, and Clark, it's four of their defenders. So clearly they were chipping the ball around that back line for a little bit. Um so you've got to just take that for a bit of a grain of salt, I guess, and, mm-hmm. and see what happens next week. Yeah. I like uh, Young, Darcy. though. I like Young and I like Clark. And Ryan yeah. always has the ability to score like this. But I do like I do like Hayden Young. He was a sneaky – it really hurts me. At one point, I think I even flicked you a team once that had Young and Dacos in it. Yeah. And it hurts. It hurts to see those scores. But I, I like I like Hayden Young. He looks good. Um, Darcy, 96. He was on 27 at halftime. So he, he came back really well. He had he was on twenty seven with twenty five hitouts. I just I didn't see the game before that, but couldn't work out what was going on. Yep. Um, a big watch this space, I guess, for price drops and potential future pods with Brayshaw and Sarong. Both had yep. twenty six and twenty nine touches respectively for only seventy points. 
So for someone like Brayshaw that's priced in the 600s, that means his price will drop come uh, the completion of round three, unless he goes huge the next two. Um, a shout-out to you for Liam Henry. He had 21 touches today and scored 83 and looked pretty good from what I saw. Mm. Um, Fife, nine touches, 26. He just he doesn't look like a forward. Nah, they're going to have to work. They're going to have to work now. They're going to have to have a really good look at this footage. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Mate, like I said, we've got to give ourselves some raps here. we got a few names thrown at us that we didn't get wrong. You know, Hunter Clark got thrown out by a lot of people, especially, you know, some of our co-hosts have mentioned it before. Um, He got named in the midfield, so people started going, should we jump? Hunter Clark only ended up with 54. Michael Fredericks only ended up with 57. Mm -hmm. Um, We did say to to be very mindful, we've been talking about Fife and staying away from it and being careful that he's only going to be a forward despite what you may hear. And like you said, Liam Henry, massive, 83. Um, you know, that 200000 price, um, yeah, great effort by him. Bytel, it's one to watch at 71. A few people started throwing in Stocker, who got a 74. Filippo with a 76, looked really poised out there. And, and congratulations to him for his first goal. It was a, it was a really touching moment. I think his, his mum sort of got the emotions, got a little bit better of her in the stands as well, which is, is what, you, what you love to watch. But mm-hmm. Marshall a little bit disappointed with 80, but... Again, going up against a, a quality ruckman in in Darcy, um, and even Sinclair found a way to get 104 off the back line. So he's sort of kicking off where he left things off. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah I want to bring up Caminiti. Is it the um, yeah. the European yeah, fellow yeah. that played forward? Yeah, so he looked he good. Scored 34, but he's a 102k rookie. So mm. it doesn't matter what he's going to score. He's going to make your money come the end of round three. So keep yeah, that in mind, in, ladies and gentlemen. He looked. He um. He looked good. Yeah, they were, they were actually really big rats for the the effort that he put in. So mm. as long as he gets the first three rounds, I'll be I'll be happy. But well, apparently uh, Memory's yeah. not not looking like playing before round four. Beautiful. And um, coming off the injury that he has, I'm not even certain that they'll pick him straight away, yep. especially if this this young fellow Caminiti um, keeps playing the role that he does in St Kilda. Keep winning. They'll um yep. they'll put the work into Memory and these guys that are coming back from injury. And build their fitness base properly instead of rushing them back. So yeah, no. I don't think Ross is overrating this list too much either. I don't think look, everyone wants to win. Ross is someone who doesn't he doesn't want to lose, but I don't think he's overrating this list. So I think he'll definitely be looking at going. You know what? Who are the players that I need to play? How do I set up the next five years? I think he's got the confidence of the board. Um, to build this team the way that he needs to. And that's all yeah. about getting the right players, getting the games in him. So, yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if you see more. Uh, I know people took a risk on Wanganeen Millerer, only ended up with a 52. Um, so, yeah, so a few interesting scores that came out of this game. But I think ultimately the major, the major talking point was the score itself. I think so. I just want to talk quickly about our league. I know you've talked about the the code there for people listening along, 237113, but it would be amiss of us to not go in and mention our leader at the moment. So Aaron, sitting at the top of our league, I don't know if I can say his team name, um, so I won't, just out of choice. But Aaron, <laughs> oh, Jesus. I've just yeah, seen that. You've just Good on you, Aaron. Aaron, well done. It's like a, it's like an indoor cricket name. For anyone who's played indoor cricket, we always know what people try to do with their indoor cricket names. But he scored a, a 21-78. Where's – what? I'm going to have to give a call to Phil in a second. Phil Foller. Phil's number two. 
Oh, that is Phil. There's Phil. Oh, 2169. So he's sitting there second. Well done, Phil. So I've already given him a shout out. I was about to say for a second, I thought his score was higher than that. And I was like, Phil better be in that bloody league. Yeah, I'll tell you what. But um, some good scores to start things off. Not going mm-hmm. – actually, not going to say where you and I are, mate. We are in absolute – not rock bottom, but we are very close. But I'll tell you what, I learned a lot from Dwayne Delminico's story. And what I heard out of that story was he had a couple of stinker rounds and still found a way to come back and win the whole thing. So I'm okay. Should mm. we really quickly – I know this pod's gone for an hour and 12. Um, really quickly – what are your thoughts trade-wise if you had to do it right now? Are you going to use your boost or are you going to stay with two? Not going to stick with one. Am I only going to one. do the one? One, yep. Um, just to keep money in the bank. Okay. And it'll be Cunnington down to Horn Francis. Interesting. Yeah, I think in, in the past I've always run out of trades come finals time. Yep, and for me, I've I've got the rookies that I believe will make money and still score well. So with my team, um, for example, if I had picked Clayton Oliver um, instead of Rory Laird, I would have ended up near two one as well. So I'm not overly worried with my team. Yep. Um, so I'm going to give Tanner Brune another week. I've got Sheasel on the field. I had Filippo on the field. Had Mackenzie on the field. Um, I get rid of Cunnington. I take. I bring in Horn Francis. Uh, I'm pretty pretty happy with the way my backline is. If I had to do another trade, I'd be watching uh, the Lockie Cowan situation carefully and whether he's going to play or not. But with the money that I'll save with the Cunnington trade down to Horn Francis, Cowan will turn into Connor McKenna. Oh, I'm going. I think I'm gonna have to. I think I'm gonna have to use two because I've got Kelly, who's going to be out with concussion. I like the Cunnington into Horn Francis, and I think I might just take Kelly to uh, a Tom Green or mm. a Stevie Canelio, one or the other. I might make an orange for an orange trade. Uh, I, yeah, and then well, I, I, I think, think you're right. That's a good move, given that. Kelly's concussed. Perryman was subbed off, injured. Whitfield was out as well. So that's three potential midfield players, which is going to – it's going to leave a lot of onus on Green, Canilio, Callahan, Ward, mm. these sorts of players to play big midfield minutes in the coming weeks. So you could get some huge scores there. Yeah, and I don't think Green goes anywhere else. He's a midfielder. No, he doesn't. I think has got the ability to go forward. But with Whitfield and that out, I think Canilio is going to have to play big midfield minutes. Um, it means I still don't have Sheasel, but I'm okay mm. knowing that, like, look, I, I can get Sheasel in regardless anywhere in that next week with the, the week after with the price change. Um, and if Bruin doesn't come good, well, then I know it's kind of just a straight swap for him, make some cash, and then I can move somewhere else. But I just I – don't, I don't think I need to go chasing massive points right now. I just need to get some structural things right. So, yeah. That's it. Look, as we said, guys, listening along at home, we will do – massive stats, reviews, and research leading into that podcast. Please send us some questions. We will do that one live so we can take some live questions at the same time. Hit us up on Twitter. Make sure you subscribe. Hit us on Instagram, Facebook, wherever it needs to be. Send those questions through of who you're thinking about trading and why. We will analyze it and give you as much information as we can from what we've found out for you 
to make the final decision on whether you trade those players out or bring those players in. But plenty of things to talk about between now and then. Any final words, Mickey Dell? No, stay tuned for our episode, which will drop potentially Wednesday uh, for your chance to be in with the or in the running to win our first standard squeeze pack that we'll send out to one of our viewers. Absolutely. So many more things for us to talk about in the next episode about our squeezer of the weeks and all those kind of things. We'll make sure we throw them in in our live episode. But for now, this has been the Molten Fantasy Sport Podcast. Peace out. See ya.